they have rebelled against me. The ox knoweth his owner, and the ass his master's crib. But Israel doeth not know my doeth not know my people doeth not consider. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for the day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for the time we have here together. And Lord, we're just so thankful that uh, I'm thankful that I feel good today, and I just pray that it's stay like that. And Lord, I just pray that you'll see fit to bless us in all things. Help us, Lord, as we as we try to serve you in the best way that we know how, the best way we understand the Bible teaches us to serve you. And Lord, I just pray that you'll bless us this morning. That you'll go with each and every one, Lord. If, if any here have a special need, Lord, I pray that you'll give them that special need. And Lord, I pray, I pray for uh, uh, Griffin and Allie as they uh, go to... Uh, uh, they get married next week, this coming weekend, Lord. I pray that you'll bless them, and most of all, Lord, that you'll be in their lives and you'll be working in their lives in and through them to do the work that 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 you have sent, that you have given them to do. And Lord, I just pray that you'll bless us in all things. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. <clears throat> I've titled this message this morning, Considering Before Acting. Considering Before Acting. You know, a lot of times, I've got a sign up in my study, and I don't know how many of you have seen it. It's got up on, up on a high shelf in there. Uh, it just says, Think, T-H-I-N-K. And that was something that was IBM's theme uh, that they had, and they, uh, when I had, when I used to have an office, whatever office I had, uh, we put, I had four offices, and every office I had had one of those think signs on the desk. And, um, so I brought one of them here and put it, put it in there. Um, but what their thoughts on that is that, you know, that, you just don't go with stuff without thinking about it. You just don't go and you don't you don't just go and just do things in, in a in a in a moment without sitting down and first thinking about what you're doing. And uh, that, of course, when you when you start getting into those large mainframe computers, you better be able to think, or you're going to be lost before you can get started. But the thing about it is. You had to think, and that's why that I titled this message, Considering, or I could have said thinking before acting. You know, you got to consider some things before you do things. You know, that's one of the things when when I was growing up, and I'll, I'll give you this before I actually get into the message. When I was growing up, I was known not to think much about what I was about to do. I just did it. And realized a lot of it was wrong. A lot of it, a lot of it, I wished I hadn't have done it. I wished I, I wished that I hadn't have done some of the things that I did when I was growing up. And, but it all, all the reason is because I didn't consider the consequences before I did them. And there's people today, there's people today who profess to be God's children who don't think before they act. 
They, they, they just go out and do things, just spur of the moment like that. They, somebody will decide we're going to do this, and everybody else say, oh, well, we'll do it too, without ever considering is it right or is it wrong to do it. Now, it was, it was the poet, uh, Hood who wrote, he said, but evil is wrath as well as want of, te- uh, of, of, of heart. You know, um, what he's referring to there is he's referring to that uh, a lot of people go and do things before they realize what, what would their heart think about that. What would your heart think about that? Later on, you know, later on you're gonna you're gonna be thinking about those things. I'm telling you, you know, even today, the Lord still convicts me of things that uh, that I do. I get convicted of them. And I get highly convicted of them. And, and, and so, you know, the thing about it is, is we don't think before we move. Parents know how true this is. They know how true this is, is they know what they want, maybe for their children, but yet they, they do actions in opposite of what they want for their children. The want of heart. What, what, what is right in the heart? It may be what's wrong is what they think is good for their kids. And, and I've seen it, folks. I, I know that somebody may say, well, you don't know what you're talking about. I do know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about because I've seen it so many times over the years. I've seen parents that would not have ever let their children do things according to their heart and what they believe and what they taught, but they let them do it because they thought that was the best thing for their kids. Just like one person told me many years ago. They said, don't you think that kids ought to be let do things so they'll learn what's out there? I said, no, I don't. I said, I do not. I said, I do. I said, I think that's bad philosophy. But it wasn't for them. The person that said that to me, it wasn't bad philosophy for them because that was their philosophy because they thought that their kids ought to experience things before they ever go so they'll know what's out there. But the problem is is they learn what's out there. And, and I know you, you, you folks may not realize it, but let me tell you, kids are easily taught if we just teach them. Kids are easily taught. They're easily taught the Word of God. They're easily taught the things that God would have them to do if we would just teach them. But we don't. We don't do it. We, we, can, we don't consider before we act sometimes. <clears throat> Much of the pain, sorrow, and suffering concerning children is not for desire of heart, but for, want, for the lack of thought. You know, your children do things, you sit and you say, why are they doing this? Well, we, we enabled them to do it. Why are they doing this? Why, why are they running around with this crowd? Well, we enabled them to run around with this crowd because we thought that crowd was okay. You know, the Bible plainly says, plainly teaches, don't follow a multitude to do evil. It plainly says that, and we got to teach our children that. We've got to teach our children, don't follow. I'm talking about when they're little, Brandon, when they're your age children. they got to be taught. 
They've got to be taught that they, they are to stay away from things that are evil. And we shouldn't enable them to go out and get into things that are evil. My, my mom and dad didn't know what I did. They, they didn't know, they didn't know what I did. I, I came in one time at 12 years old with a pack of cigarettes rolled up in my sleeve. And my mom said, what's that? I said, that's a pack of cigarettes. She said, well, if you're big enough to smoke, you're big enough to get out of my house. She brought me off. I mean, that was, uh, that was her philosophy, you know, and, um, but the fact is, you know, we all have philosophies about how we're going to raise our children. We're not going to let anybody tell us any different. We're not going to let anybody do anything. You know, we, we, we get people, people scare their children to death about religion. They scare their children to death about religion. And, and that's what people are afraid of. They're afraid that they'll be fanatical, so fanatical about religion that they don't want to teach their kids certain things, what they should be doing, what they shouldn't be doing. Because they don't want their kids to be fanatical when it comes to religion. Well, let me tell you something, folks. I, I, I quoted back many years ago. Some of you may remember it. But I quoted a judge up in Ohio. And that judge, that quote from that judge, I got that quote when I was pastoring in Cynthiana, Kentucky. The quote from that judge was, he says, I have never, ever sent a child to reform school or an adult to the prison that had been raised in church. Now, that was his quote. Now, you'll say, I don't know if that's true. Well, that's, that was his quote. That came from a judge in Ohio. Matter of fact, he was a judge in Cincinnati, Ohio. And that came, that came a quote from him. He quoted, I have never sent a child to reform school or I've never sent a man to prison that was raised in the church. I may know what kind of church. You know, all churches have some good values. I'm not saying that, I'm not saying we're not the only church that has good values. All churches, all these religious organizations have good values. Some of them may teach the wrong thing, but they have good values about what their children should do and what their children shouldn't do. It, it is so true that if a mother or father had thought about the things they let their children do before they let them do it, the outcome would have been very different. You, you got to, you got to, you got to know that. I'm, 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 I sit here every Sunday and look at people that have let their children do things and they regret they let them do it. Because they became children of the world. Now they're trying to get them back in church and they can't get them back in church. You know, you got to teach your children you know, just like I've said many times, many times over the years, children love to be in God's house. They love to come to church. They love to come to church. Parents said, oh, well, uh, I don't know. You know why they don't know? Because they don't like to come. They don't like to be in church every time the doors are open. Because they don't know if that's good for their children or not. Because... That's the way they think. But they don't consider the things the Word of God says concerning being in the house of the Lord 
every time the doors are open. That there's great consequences for not doing it. But we don't teach our children that. We teach our children there are no consequences for anything we do. As a matter of fact, the ten things that Bill Clinton came out with, when, uh, when he came out with those ten things concerning education, the very first thing he had in there, I'm not going to try to quote all ten of them because I'd have to look them up anyway, but I do remember the very first thing he said in those ten, those ten quotes that he had for education when he changed the whole education system in this country. The ten things he said, the first thing was there are no or there is no authority. What does that mean? You school teachers, that meant you have no authority. That meant your pastor has no authority. That meant your grandparents have no authority. That meant that nobody has any authority over your life. Now that's what Bill Clinton, and if you look, you get even, you get even more mad if you look at the other nine. Because what, what he did was he put children, in a, in a sense, he put children in being responsible even when they were little. That they, they were responsible to know what they wanted to do and what they, where they wanted to go. And such and such as that. Well, the Bible plainly teaches in the book of, 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 uh, Second Timothy. It plainly teaches that there, but there'd be a day coming when the children, I'm just paraphrasing, children will rule the house. The Bible says that. The Bible says the day come. Well, the day's here. It's right now. I grew up in a household. And I'm, I'm sitting here telling you, Rhonda and I talk about this all the time. Rhonda says that her mother wasn't like this. Now, I don't know where she was or not, but I know my mom was like this. My mom never one time asked us kids what we want to eat. She fixed it. You either ate it or you got up from the table and left. I remember one of the biggest wailings I got. Well, me and my brother sat down at the table and I cussed the food that my mother made. I called them pinto beans, D-A-M-N beans. And about that time, that tobacco stick came down across my head. And she said, you get up from my table. And she says, I dare you to come back and want something to eat. She said, I'll get you again. And when I came in that night, I didn't get nothing to eat. I didn't get nothing to eat. My brother got to eat. I didn't get nothing to eat. I came in that night, and first thing she said, she said, come here. I went over there, and she said, in that oven there, we had an old wood stove. Had an old reservoir on the side of it. She said, in that oven, there are some biscuits that I had left over from supper. I thought, well, now she's going to let me get something to eat. She said, I dare you. To get in that oven and get one of them biscuits out. She let me know right offhand. Well, what did I do? I low crawled from where me and my brother stayed. I low crawled in there and I reached up to pull that oven thing down because I was hungry. And it squeaked. Oh! When I pulled it down. Here she come. Had that stick. She was beating that floor. I was like a lizard just going, crawling around everywhere. Like her trying to kill a lizard. She was beating that dark, dark in there and she's beating that floor. All we had was kerosene lanterns. 
She she won't take time to light a lantern, but she just beat on that floor. She'd beat around all over that kitchen floor, and I I crawled around like a lizard, getting out getting out of her way. I know it sounds funny now, but it wasn't then. Cause I knew if she ever got that, if she ever made a hit on that stick, I'd had it. Cause she'd hit me five or six times before I could move again. But let me tell you folks, what about our children today? Are they taught anything? Are they taught that they shouldn't do this, they shouldn't do that? Are they taught this? I know is some of your family sick, Brandon? Jessica, yeah. Well, anyway, I remember Brother Kendall. When Jessica went to first grade, some people thought that was the awfulest thing ever was. He did. He made her sit out in the hallway when they celebrated Christmas. Everybody thought that's awful. That's awful for him to do something like that, that little girl. I know I told Brother Kendall myself it wasn't awful. I said, you did the right thing. They thought that was awful that she had to sit out in the hallway because the rest of the kids celebrated Valentine or Easter or or Christmas. That's Jessica. She'll tell you. She remembers it. But nowadays, we wouldn't do nothing like that because it's too awful. It's too awful. But the Bible teaches we should. I know I'm not going to get through this message very quick. You know, we find ourselves critical of others by stating so-and-so is so inconsiderate. We hear it. We see things on television. We'll say, well, that is so inconsiderate. But we don't look back at ourselves and see the things that we've done that was inconsiderate. We didn't think about them before we did them. But yet we see others when others do things that they didn't think about doing. That they just executed a fella in Alabama because he was riding in the car with a man that just killed somebody. Killed two people, as a matter of fact. They executed him too. And he, he said, I never had anything to do with it. I never had anything to do with it. He told up, up to the, up to the moment he died in, in, in the, on the, on the gurney or whatever that is. Up to the moment he died, he said, I was just riding in the car with him. I didn't know he'd kill two people. But they got him by association. Boy, how he would have wished that he'd have never got in that car. And, and come to think, he was only 17 years old when he got in that car. But yet he was executed last week in Alabama. The other guy is due to be executed in a couple of weeks from now. Let me tell you, folks, so-and-so may be inconsiderate, but there's a lot of times we don't think about what we do, we've done. We learn that it is thoughtful, thoughtlessness, which is a cause of much of life's Heartaches and sorrow. Just not sitting down and thinking first. We, we would, we would get a lot of sorrows. You know, I've done been jumped on this morning like a, two feet. Some of you don't know yet, but I passed out yesterday and I hadn't, I hadn't eaten anything and 
And Becky said, uh, Becky came over to see me. She didn't, she, they didn't call her. She just I came there, came over to see me, and Becky said my blood sugar was too low because I hadn't eaten anything. Well, what have I heard this morning? Eat, 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 eat. You know, and when I get up to be about 400 pounds, you know, they'll say, they'll, they'll say, won't you quit eating a while? You need to go on a diet. You need, you need to go on a diet or something. Well, I may be on a diet. I don't know. But the thing about it is, you know, we, we think we know what's best for the other person. Now note verse 3 of our text. God said, the ox knoweth his owner. He knows his owner. Ox knows who his owner is. Did you ever, did you ever plow mules? Let me tell you. My dad had two mules. When I was six, seven years old, he put me behind a plow. And he let, he had me plow with those two mules. And the thing that my dad told me, he said, I want you to do this, he said, when you see that it's, that sun is straight overhead, he said, you bring old George to the barn. Because that old George is going to go right across the crop, right across the middle of it. Because he knows, he said, that mule knows when it's time to go in for dinner. And sure enough, he would. He said, you be sure you're at the end of a row. Because he said, old George is going to head for the house. And he would. But as long as old George was out there, he'd do everything you tell him to do. Because he knew that who the owner was. He'd do everything he told him to do. The ox knoweth his owner, but the ass, and, and the ass his master's crib. He knows exactly where to go eat. Exactly knows when eating time is and when to go eat. He knows when to eat and what to eat. He knows that his master has put it out there for him, and he knows enough to go and eat it. But Israel doth not know. My people doth not consider. That's, that's an indictment, folks, a terrible indictment. God is saying even the ox and the ass are more considerate, more considering than Israel. God had cared for Israel, but Israel did not care for God. God cares for us, but sometimes we don't care for God. We don't care what God thinks about something. We're going to go ahead and do it anyway. God cared for Israel, but Israel did not care for God. God alluded that even the animals are more grateful to us for what we give them than we are for what God has given us. Look at that, what he says in Isaiah 1 and verse 18, one page over in some Bibles, one page over. Verse 18, he says, come now. He tells Israel, he's talking to Israel who has done gone astray. They've done gone, they've done gone away from what he taught them. Come now, let us reason together saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be like wool. If ye be willing and obedient, ye shall eat the good of the land. 
But if ye refuse and rebel, ye shall be devoured with the sword. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. He said, now come on. He said, I'm going to give you a chance. Come on, let's, let's, let's reason together here. Let's reason together. That's what I'm trying to do with you this morning. I'm trying to reason with you this morning. That's what I'm trying to do. Stop for a few seconds and think about why God calls us to come now and reason with Him. David said, When I consider the heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars, which thou has ordained. David says, I know who put those things up there. He says, I know who, who, hang, who hung them up there. Job said one time, he knew that God hung the earth on nothing. You know, the earth is just, we're, we're on it today. It's just spinning around out there. I got, I got a little globe in my office in there that Oliver and Lust come in there and spin it. But that globe has a pole, has a thing through the center of it. It has a stand on it. God hung the earth up there on nothing. And it's spinning like crazy right now. And we're still on it. Won't you consider those things when you consider going against some of the things that God has taught you? That you should, you should know. Won't you consider those things? David says, I consider those things and I realize that God ordained them to be just exactly the way they are. That's Psalms 8 and verse 3. At the birth of Christ, the shepherds in the field had watched the eastern star. Why did they do that? I mean, what was it to a shepherd to stand out there and keep looking up on the sky? Because they had been told that the Christ child was going to come. They they had been told that there was there was a good shepherd that was going to come. And they were watching for him. Watching for watching the eastern star. The eastern star led them right to where they need to go. Why don't we look to God? The greatness of the heavens make us look so small, smaller than a grain of dirt. Did you know, looking around, I was thinking here a while back, how many people have lived since the beginning? Billions, trillions, zillions, if there's any such thing as a zillion, has lived since the beginning. But every one of them was like a grain of dirt walking around out here on the earth. Consider that. Consider that today. It is not stated in the Bible that God loves the stars, but for some reason, He chose to love the grains of dirt. He chose to love the grain of dirt, you and I, you and me. The grain of dirt, God chose to love it. It was John who said, 
Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Do you ever consider that? Do you ever consider that? Do you consider that before you, when you got out yesterday when you, or those times, not yesterday because you're here now, but those days that you just didn't come in early enough on Saturday night to get to church on Sunday, do you ever consider that? The matter of love that God bestowed upon you and me that we should be called the sons of God. To God, his children are more precious than all the stars of heavens. It was Longfellow, the poet, who wrote, So still and saint-like, no fret and worry and anger and wrath. He was alluding to the calm of the heavens when he said that. You know, the stars just up there, saint-like. That's what he's talking about. The moon is hung up there, saint-like. The earth is hung up there, saint-like. They have no fret, no worry. The earth don't worry about falling out of the sky. The stars don't worry about falling out of the sky. They don't worry about anger and wrath. They do exactly what God tells them to do. The heavens obey the commandments of God. They shine when He says shine, and they hide when He says hide. But we don't obey the commandments of God as we should. When God tells the sun to go down, the sun goes down. When he tells the moon to come up, the moon comes up. When he tells the stars to go down, they go down. When he tells the stars to come up, they come up. I heard a man say one time many years ago, he said, there's one surety of life. And he said, it's going to get dark tonight. Oh, sometimes the moon shines so bright at night, it don't look like it's dark, but it is. If the moon wasn't shining the way it was shining, it would be dark, pitch dark. I was telling Brother Sam Wednesday night, it gets dark in the mountains. It gets dark up there. I used to go across them mountains by myself at nighttime. I used to go across them and then come back across them about 1 or 2 o'clock in the morning. I can show you what mountain I used to go across. I can tell you exactly where I parked my car. It was Jesus who said, And why take ye thought for raiment? Oh, I got to have a new clothes. I got to have new clothes. Why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not. Neither do they spin, and yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Matthew six twenty eight and twenty nine. Why, why, why do we worry about things in this world? Consider the stars or the flowers of the heavens. And the flowers are the stars of earth. They come up, 
won't be long until they'll be beautiful. They'll be out. And the 19th day of this month is the first day of spring. And by the way, if you go to Dairy Queen, 19th, you get a free can, free ice cream, Brother Sam. I thought I'd say that. Because I'm heading down there to get me one. They say I don't eat anything, but I'm going to eat me ice cream on the 19th if I'm still living. Jesus also said, Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouses nor barns, and God feedeth them. How much more are ye better than the fowls? Luke twelve twenty four. The ravens were a very important bird in the Old Testament. They were preserved on the ark. They were used to feed Elijah, and in turn he fed the ravens with the very food that they God had provided for him. The ravens would bring God would bring food, and then he would turn around and feed the ravens. God takes care of them. Why can't we learn that? Why can't we learn that and do what we're supposed to do? Why can't we do that? This building would be full if people would learn that. Where are people this morning? Where are they? Let me tell you, folks. Did you know the raven was an unclean bird? But yet God used them. We were as dirty as any could be, yet he loved us. Please take time to consider those things. You know, when God when God found me, I was as dirty as they come. Man, I had sin up on top of sin. I loved it. I loved everything I did. Loved everything I did. We're also asked to consider him. Hebrews 12.3 says, For consider him that endureth such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest ye be weary and faint in your mind. You know, your mind gets to the point you can't think about God anymore. That's right. You can get so bad. That's what worries me to death about a lot of people. It, it concerns me. It don't worry me, but it concerns me. There are some people who have done sin themselves on the other side. They've done gone so deep into backs, backsliding that they can no longer come out of it. You might wonder, well, preacher, why don't why aren't people faithful in church? Well, they've done gone too far. They don't see a need to be faithful. They haven't considered it. And lastly... Well, first of all, let's say this. His greatness, obedience, purity, beauty should entrance us. We must consider his death on the tree is where we found life everlasting. That's where we found it at. And lastly, we're asked to consider one another. 
Consider one another. How many does consider one another? We got people not here today. Are you considering what you're going to do? You considering what you're going to do? You're going you're going you're going to ask them why they weren't here. I did a, one of our ladies just yesterday. No, Friday. I was asking about her. And I got an earful. Let me tell you, folks, we to consider one another. Hebrews 16 or Hebrews 10 and verse 24 states, and let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Do we ever think about that? No, we'll provoke them to be maybe at a wedding this weekend or the next, the 28th. But will we provoke them to be in church? Will we, will we sit and say, well, you should be now, you should be there. You know, Lord willing, if I'm still alive, I'm going to be down in Baxley this coming Friday night. Or this coming Saturday, I mean. Lord willing. And we provoke others to be there too. We invite them. We send out invitations. How many of you ever sent out an invitation to invite people to be back, come back to church? Whew. I told Sunday school class, I said, some people are not going to like what I'm saying. You ever sent out any invitations to those, you know? Uh, Sister Deborah used to send cards to them. Y'all know that. She used to go out and buy cards and she'd write on it and send it to them. Is anybody else doing that? Some of you want to take Deborah's place? There you go. Some of you want to, some of you want to be in her place? There you go. Go do it. Do what she used to do. I'm telling you folks, she may be listening to me today and she may be up there. Amen. Brother Paul, you tell them. Man, call me up. Uh, Brother Gary. And Adam, man, called me up last week, and he said, I'm going to say one thing about you. He said, you tell them like it is. He listened to some of my messages. He said, our pastor don't do that. Let us consider one another. Instead of driving, enabling one love, enabling some to be off and not be here, that's what's happening. Exactly what's happening. You enabled them to go where they go, where they went. And now you can't get them back. You can't get them back around. The church, the church has to suffer because of them. The Holy Spirit is grieved because of them. They won't come back. Instead of driving our loved ones off, we should be drawing them closer to the Lord. I want you to think on these statements for a few minutes. If not for it, if if not for a great while, and may God bless you. Let's all stand if you would. Aniston, where's Aniston? Come on up here, Aniston.